So, Neil. Yes. Did you enjoy the song? It was it was something. <laughs> <laughs> and uh let's see here. Um I still haven't sent Fest the audio yet because he, he moved the deadline from today to this Saturday because he keeps on emailing saying, I need this I need this by to he emailed me last night. Not just me, he emailed like six people because apparently he, I'm I'm not the only person he didn't tell. Well, yeah, that makes sense. He does. He's so. What's the deal with webcomics beacon anyway? Is he gonna just stop that or? I don't like, know. Because I'm like wondering, like he keeps talking about like this is the end. So what the hell are you gonna be? What the hell is he gonna be doing? Oh, cool. Um, focusing on doing a a a video comedy show. Uh because that's what he wants to do now. He bought his he bought a green screen, Neil. Which is a fancy way of saying a very expensive green blanket. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you buy a green screen? Is it gonna do like yes. videos? Okay. Yes. Where yeah, he's gonna okay. play fight and shit. Okay. Well I mean there's nothing wrong with buying like that sort of thing and having fun with it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm 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 dealing with like my uh like something else in the background. But, oh, okay, that yeah. wasn't that. Yeah, wasn't sorry, close, but... that was that wasn't about that. But I'm, <laughs> it's like I, it's. I mean, I understand like you know playing around with something and all that, but I don't really understand what he's doing with with like ending webcomics beacon. I don't know. It seems kind of odd. I don't know. Uh, I guess it's hard. Well, I mean, we were kind of struggling to come up with new stories. Well, the the big the big problem was was in the thing is I checked I checked the dock and that dock is empty until like two hours until. I mean, am I wrong? The what? What is it? The dock. Dock. The the, the document. Which document? For the news stories. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. I always, like, try to find stories, but it's just, like, it'll be empty until, like, the time of the story, uh, time of the show, and it's like, okay, I guess gotta come up with something. I know, and the thing is, yeah. Yeah, the thing is, I gave him my list for the top ten webcomics thing, like, months, months and months and months ago, so I couldn't even no. remember why I picked those comics. I, I saw the, I saw the list. I, I... Like I, I was I like totally... VG cats. Did I really put VG cats on this? I can't believe I did that. I, I saw I saw the list and um, I like let's see when did he show me that list? It was a few it was a few months ago. He was like, "Are you okay with um with us doing this?" And I'm like, "Yeah, totally." Like you know your comments being on this list. I'm like, "Yeah, totally." Why would I not be okay with that? But okay, whatever. <laughs> No, I don't like my comic being listed on the top web comics ever. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe he was just like trying to show me it, and I was like, "Oh, that's pretty cool." Um, I think I was the only. I think I was the only one that voted for you. <laughs> no, no, actually, I had several votes for um, for Valkyrie Yuki, and then I think I had a couple of votes for the Jar as well. Yes, the, the Jar was on there. Yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah, like the draw got a couple of votes, and uh, SGBY got several votes. So I, I think I, I was pretty high up there. I was pretty happy because I was like, "Yay, I'm two spots on the list!" Yay! So I gotta listen to the show and see, see when that gets mentioned. Well, so how, how is he doing this? He's just like talking with each of the people, and then like, no, no, no. He, he, he wants us to send our own audio of what we think of our own lists to him. And he'll just splice them all together into a Franken show. Okay, I, uh, I, I think I see. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> well, I mean, it's... So, what I did was I had Neil on my recording, and, and I basically told Fest... I, I, I told Fest at the beginning of the recording, Hey, Fest, here's my recording. Neil's in it. I don't care. If you want to edit it out, you're welcome to. I'm not going to do a damn thing to it. Let's go. You <laughs> don't like thought, to edit. What? He said he doesn't like to edit. <laughs> like, that's work. <laughs> that's what he told me. <laughs> it's action. It's drama. It's comedy. 
It's Decian, the superhero webcomic. Decian has superhero antics and sexy girls. Catch updates weekly at Decian.com and NoSuperPants.com. Hello, welcome again to Animation Aficionados. Uh, tonight we're talking about, sadly, the best animated movie about Hanukkah. Because it's the only animated movie about Hanukkah. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, you, of course, still, yes. You, of course, know my co-host, TV's Mr. Neil. You can do it! <laughs> and with us uh, is, of course, the crazy Kitty Hawk. You're, I put my mouth, finger in your mouth, kitty cat, but there's no cheese. Okay. Yeah, the, the butthole scene. Oh, well, and yeah. yes, we are talking about eight crazy nights. And... I I really wish we aren't. So, basically, the synopsis of this movie is that uh, everyone was being down on Whitey, and and at the end of the movie, Adam Sandler comes out and says, "Hey, we all have to love Whitey. Stop being down on Whitey. Whitey is he great." He solves it with a song. He solves yes. it with a song, which is how uh, everything gets solved. Yes. Like, like um, let's see. Uh, the episode of Family Guy about legalization of weed, legalize with weed, criminalize with with a, with song. Yeah, with a song. Yeah. So yeah, he solves the day with a song, which is lazy as fuck. <laughs> which also gets him out of going to jail. Yeah. That yeah. Isn't isn't that great? Isn't that yes. magical that that all worked out that way? Yeah. It's like oh, you sang a song. <laughs> I guess we can forgive you breaking into the mall. <laughs> well, to be fair, to be fair, this was made um, pre, like this was probably in production pre nine eleven. So you know, it was a simpler time. Yeah, it was two thousand two. Yeah, like it would have been in production for before then. So yeah. that's but, my, that's my that is my my no prize answer for that. Well, there is some good news about this though. Hmm. Ah. The animation studio that did the work for this. Only did just this. Immediately shut down right after creating this. Wow. <laughs> but I then again, you, I most, was, most of those people what, are probably still working. Yeah. And and the thing is, is that this was actually during that time when everyone was buying a, a an animation studio in this attempt. Because, you know, like, okay, so when DreamWorks was founded, you know, they got uh, Katzenberg and they're like, we're going to be like the kings of animation. And they release... Um, Prince of Egypt is their first movie. What the fuck? Um, well, well, so actually, everyone, actually, everyone had an animation bug up their ass. Well, well, actually, I'm talking about the animation production studio. The actual animation was farmed out to a Danish company, mm. uh, a-, a Film AS. Yeah. Which actually has done lots of direct-to-DVD sequels of Disney and Don Bluth films. The Danes yeah. call it quality. <laughs> and Yowza oh, Animation also worked on it. Yowza, which was the go-to place for uh, Fox Animation Studio back when they were trying to be an animation studio. Yeah, and that's what I'm trying to say is, like, everyone tried to get their own, like, animation, like, brand, I guess. is Not studio, but brand. Because yeah. you're right that they were farming out. And this is Columbia Pictures' attempt at doing that. Just, just... And like something that um, something that Trevor and I both noticed was this feels like this was a shorter thing, and then they expanded it because we noticed that there was a lot of things that seemed like just added in so that they could get it up to seventy-seven minutes. That this probably was like because this is PG thirteen, which makes it you know just really fucking confusing because it's like an animated film PG thirteen released at the holidays, and it was very kids loved it. So, but I think this was originally probably something for like Showtime, and they then went wait a minute no 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 let's turn it into a movie it'll be great. No, what what actually happened though? But that's a great theory. Yeah. Is, okay. Uh, is Columbia did not want to greenlight this at all. Okay. There were there were people that were like, no, no, we are not going to do this. Are you crazy? This sucks. But okay. but what happened was uh, was the uh, yeah it was actually Sony yeah yeah Sony Pictures but Columbia chief Amy Amy Pascal greenlit this movie because M Sandler like 
found her one day and pitched to her personally. Okay. But okay. before, so no it, one wanted to touch this. Okay, so maybe it was like, because it does sort of have like a, this is a special on cable feel to it, but maybe that's just because it's Adam Sandler. I don't know. But that's, this film is like one of the most fucked up things because it's like, how did, how did this get released? Even with him like, you know, talking to her, except that he was really big in 2002, I guess. Yeah, he was. It's uh, that was yeah. between that was between two movies of his that were no, no, it wasn't. No, it was after high, <laughs> it was way after anything good he had done. Um, and did Punch Drunk. When did Punch Drunk Glove come out? Much later. Yeah, that's yeah. So it's like this is during the height of his popularity. He actually won a Kids Choice Award. Oh yeah, Punch Drunk Love actually, Love actually came out before this, before Eight Crazy Nights. It did. You're right. So this was his height, and that's actually a really good movie because it isn't a, it isn't your normal Adam Sandler film. Um, so this was at the height of his popularity. So this explains why this got made. It oh like, my goodness! Yeah, this is after Little Nicky. Yeah, because I remember watching Little Nicky with my dad in the theater and. And I, I think what happened was Rob Snyder said to him, you know, Adam, we're friends and all, but I don't think you get any more blatantly, uh, you know, product endorsement as much as you did in Little Nicky with the Popeyes thing. And Popeyes at, is the shiznet. And then Adam Sandler was like, I can do it. <laughs> yes. Well, because I mean, <laughs> okay, now they claim in this movie that all the advertisements, which, by the way, there is a scene where the brands in the mall, like Panda Express and Foot Locker and uh, Sharper Image... Come alive! All, yeah, Sharper Image is not around anymore, nor is KB Toys. Um, but they, they actually educate him on the meaning of Christmas and all this bullshit. Well, not Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever. Whatever holiday we're learning about. You know, it's pretty... And, I've noticed that this movie's kind of generic in the holiday spirit. You could You could swap out Hanukkah for any other holiday and it would be the same. Because basically that's how it ends. It's like he yeah. he he has a vision and a, a miracle stops the bus that he's on, and he finds yeah. the true meaning of Hanukkah slash Christmas slash Festivus slash Kwanzaa. I think that the point I think the point they're trying to go for here is that it doesn't really matter what you're celebrating. That you know we should just come together and be good people to each other. But the advertising was really like I didn't. I know what was going on here. They claim in the the director's commentary, which I did not watch, I'm just reading stuff I've, that came out of it, said that they did not approach any of the companies about advertising, which I think that's true. I think they didn't approach them. They put them in, and then they showed it to them, and then they said, pay us. And because you see logos that are obscured in the background. They are, they are logos. They're just obscured, and I think they just didn't get those people. Exactly, which because Sears, the thing is this. Sears was cut out, and yeah. which leads me to think that Sears said, you fucking take that out of there. Exactly, because the thing is, you're not allowed to show someone else's trademark in a movie aired in an American theater. Yep. Because that's the and, thing is, is, is you, can, you can do all sorts of things, but if you show a Coca-Cola logo, oh my God, you're going to get fucked seven ways from Sunday by the, by the lawyers. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I think. So I think they're honest when they say that they did not approach any of these companies for advertising reasons. But I think they actually talked to them and said, OK, give us money and we'll put these in. Because if you notice which which ones actually made it in, they're all like the B tier uh, like shops like KB Toys, Foot Locker, Panda Express. Panda Express. Yeah, it's it's none of the A, a team. So it's it's obvious that they put that in there, and the company. Well, of course, it's the places that Adam Sandler shops at. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it it had to be the case that they were relying heavy on uh, on some advertisement because you know so much of this movie takes place at the mall, and they keep going back yeah. to the mall. Well, <laughs> so. I, I do I do actually like the mall as like the representation of God. Like I do kind of think that's cool. It has some weird connotations with it being Hanukkah, but um, 
but it actually does sort of work here that like commercialism honestly is the god of America. So go to the mall and talk with him. The market god. So it kind of works, but but the movie overall is just sort of like it's really depressing because it's about how his parents died at Hanukkah and he's like become this terrible person because he went through the fucking foster kids system which is not a fun thing which that's also like kind of weird because he gets sent to he has no family whatsoever so he gets sent to the foster system and everyone's like oh I wonder how he became so fucked up and it's like he became a foster kid that's how he got fucked up and and like yeah of course he's gonna be drinking and then like I don't know. It just seems weird that, like, the movie is about him coming to terms with the fact that his parents are dead and then, like, I have a new family. These weird troll twins and this girl I wanted to bang when I was 13 who now has a kid. Yeah, number, rule number one, guys. Yeah. If, if you're, if you're, if you're, like, 32 or under, you really shouldn't go for a girl that has a kid already because that's a whole bunch of complications you don't you don't want to deal with in your life. Just well, saying. I mean, it, just, just, just saying. I'm just saying that if that is what you want, that's fine. But here it's just sort of like, oh, how convenient. She doesn't have a husband and she's alone with this kid. And this kid is going to be the way... Like, Adam Sandler really does like the idea of a kid being the key to a woman's heart. Like, that seems to pop up a lot. So I'm wondering what the hell's up with that. The funny thing is lots of the animators, the actual animators that worked on this film, use pseudonyms instead of the real names. <laughs> yeah, I would too. It, it's, it's actually really funny because some of the some of this, these pseudonyms are, are hilarious because, because it's... Uh, Bend over. No, not like that. <laughs> Let, let me let me find a good example of one. I'm looking at the I'm looking at Harry the cast Dicks. list. Now, not not the most tavern type names, but uh, I almost said something that I yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking at the names of the animators, like uh, like a, a woman. You know, her her name is is. I'm trying to find it because it's uh, yeah, yeah, like Stephanie. Baker is is crowd is is credited as Steve Baker. Wow. <laughs> nice. It's stuff like that where they could say, "Oh, that's just a mistype." If they have to claim the work ever. Well, yeah. I actually was talking with a friend of mine. She was like, and I said, "Oh God, I gotta watch this." And she's like, "I love that movie." And oh. I'm like, "But she's in like her early mid twenties, so I think." If you're younger, you you kind of have like I guess it's like you know there's some things from my ch my childhood where I'm like oh I remember I love that and then I might watch it again and it's like holy Jesus how the fuck did I watch this? I have a theory that that people in their twenties are insane. Well, they did grow up and they did go to school during like after Columbine, so they did get like the brunt of the insanity and also. They didn't have a lot. There wasn't a lot for kids like during their yeah, childhood either. I mean, all people ever in their twenties are insane. Oh, you're you're just saying. You're, no, I think it's just nostalgia. It's like nostalgia in general because like you do remember. Like I remember, I used to watch Legend of Zelda cartoon like every week <laughs> when it come on that Friday because it was just Legend of Zelda. I mean, it was terrible, but I thought of it as awesome because it's Legend of Zelda because I was a little kid. When I got older, I went, fuck, I actually watched this and enjoyed this. I was an idiot. And the you... truth is, is that you are an idiot when you're a kid because you think th stupid things like, yeah, I'm going to be an astronaut one day. And Eight Crazy Nights is awesome. And you think that Link doing, uh... Excuse me, princess! Doing Steve Martin lines is funny. Yeah, yeah. So... I can I give I give a pass because I I understand she probably hasn't watched it in a long time so <laughs> she's like because like watching a lot of those Thanksgiving specials and a lot of the Christmas specials it is like holy Jesus Christ how did I sit through all these <laughs> so Emmett I did tell Ben that I watched uh, Emmett Otter's 
Jug Band Christmas uh, last night. I had never seen that, and that was awesome. <laughs> of course. So, that, was good. that was good. That was very nice to chase up all this horrible shit y'all been getting me to watch lately. I was sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. No, I love it. I honestly, yeah. I honestly, I honestly enjoyed watching Eight Crazy Nights because it was just so terrible. The shitting deer, the deer eating shit. Oh, the, uh, the the poopsicle deal. Yeah. Oh, the deal almost tapped out at that point. I almost turned it off right then and there. I, I just was like, okay, all right. <laughs> well, it's actually, actually, what got Neil really pissed off was the basketball game because. Because Neil was like, no fucking way does Adam Sandler have the body of Adonis. No, that wasn't what really pissed me off. I just had to comment on it because that's what was on when you were talking to me. Okay. I'm like, what is with this guy's body? Is he that much of a narcissist that he has to have the cartoon <laughs> version of himself have such an Adonis body? <laughs> I mean, he was perfect. I know. I know. I was like, wait a minute. Wait, what? What? And also, the kid has to take his shirt off, which is also like, okay, this is fucking weird. Um, like, the police officer's like, totally like, yeah, let's have a kid without a shirt running around with a bunch of sweaty older men. That sounds... And then eating the jockstrap. Oh, god. Oh, and then Whitey. Whitey is... Uh, 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 okay, Adam Sandler is not a voice actor. No. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and start saying that because God, he plays no. Whitey and Eleanor, which are the cra- which are supposed to be the wacky fraternal twins that are crazy and deformed, and everyone hates them. Um, or they don't hate them; they just make fun of them all the time. And there's nothing redeemable about these. Like Whitey, I guess, is like you know a sweet, innocent guy, but he seem but he isn't really doing it because he likes people. He's doing it for money, so he's not really redeemable. And Eleanor is just a little troll bitch. So I really didn't like. They didn't. There was nothing coming out of there. It was just. I don't see why I'm supposed to be sympathetic towards these characters. Well. I guess Whitey, they got a bad break, and I should feel bad for him that way, but they, but Eleanor seems to still engage in, like, weird antisocial behaviors, and Whitey just wants to be a volunteer basketball referee, and he, he cleans toilets for a dollar. Okay. I think How the hell are I, they getting money? I think he's supposed to be Job. Yeah, I guess. I, I guess. guess. No. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I I think Adam Sandler paid less attention at the synagogue than I did at church. <laughs> well, I mean, Hanukkah, Hanukkah is like, it's a hard story to like tell because it's like, so there were like these people attacking us and the oil lamp had one extra day of oil. Well, actually, what happened was was they survived a great battle, a great scene. Yeah. And they're like, okay, we're going to party as long as this candle burns. And it's like, yeah. okay, let's party. And then the candle was still burning. So, like, okay, day two, let's continue partying. Because if that's the that that's the best thing about the old Jewish holidays is all of the old Jewish holidays are, yay, we survived. Let's have a feast. Yep. And... <laughs> I mean, it's a. And it's in a, fact, in fact, it's the genesis of what we Westerners call Thanksgiving celebrations. Well, oddly I mean, like, enough. Yeah, it, it there definitely is like it comes from the tradition of yay we didn't die let's eat which seems to be in all cultures. Um, but it, it, trying to, I think the problem with Hanukkah is it didn't get commercialized, and therefore it's like a really hard thing for people to sort of do because they're like uh there's no commercial angle to this we can't like talk about presents and such but then again we are forgetting there is another animated hanukkah movie because i was right there is another one there is another there is another a better one one we should have watched instead the rugrats hanukkah special oh yeah well i brought that up last time yeah, oh. you did. Yeah, we. Yeah. For, but I was just saying we forgot it. We forgot about this. Like, well, that was an episode, is, not a movie. But it is. It was actually put out on video by <laughs> itself. So I mean, it is a special, and it is a good holiday. It is a good Hanukkah special. It introduces kids to the idea of Hanukkah, and it does it very well. This Eight Crazy Nights, Hanukkah's just a back backdrop. 
there's really nothing to do with Hanukkah. In fact, I don't even think they even mention really what it's about. Not really. Ever. No, they, they did never make one it. joke about it where it was like at the town hall, they're like, anyone here to celebrate Hanukkah? And like two people. <sighs> I know. And then they laugh, which is just like, well, then again, we have Rob Schneider playing a Asian, a very stereotypical Asian guy. I think he was he's playing everything. He was all over this movie. He was the narrator. It, yeah, it's he like, was the narrator. It's like Rob Schneider was a Wall Street executive. Only problem is, he's about to become the narrator. Yep. <laughs> great, great South Park reference, Neil. Yep. And then, <laughs> then, then Kevin Nealon's the na- mayor, and then uh, John Levitz is just there for a bit part. So you gotta give Adam Sandler that he gave his friends money, I guess? I guess. Well, it, Rob Schneider is part... Terrible. What again? Oh, he... Filipino, it's I guess. Well, Rob Schneider's problem is is he's not funny. Well, I I know, but him playing a Chinese guy, it's like people like I to guess. like to like to excuse it because he's like he's part something. Carrot. It's like, well, number one, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at what it says on his Wikipedia page, and he's he he he's a. I'm a mutt too, so but he is a he is a mutt. He, he, he yeah because he's he's a Jewish Catholic Filipino. <laughs> okay, so he's just confused. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, aside from that, um, but it's still it was still kind of like okay, stereotypical Asian dude. It still doesn't excuse it. It's just it wasn't even funny. It was like nah. I so sorry. It's just like, uh, please, please stop. Just fucking stop. Uh, I can't believe they, I can't believe he was actually able to get Allison Krauss to be on this. Oh, yeah. And then apparently, uh, the chick that, uh, Adam Sandler falls in love with in the movie is his wife. Like, in real life. I don't know if they were married at that point, but it's his wife. But it, she doesn't sing. Like no, every, it's Alison yeah. Krauss singing for her. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's and like Adam Sandler, he has a pretty good voice. Too bad this movie sucks. <laughs> like the songs were pretty well constructed. It's like well, but it's the, still... number one, number one. The thing is, this version of the Hanukkah song is the worst version. Yeah, this was the new considered the new version, and didn't it only play at the end? It did only play at the end, but it dropped out some of the best parts of the original Saturday Night Live Hanukkah song, which is, which is Captain Kirk and Mister Spock. Yep. Oh yeah. Um, well, OG this was Simpson, the up- not a Jew gone. Yeah, that was, but he did update it with Bin Laden. Whoopty fucking do! Thank you for reminding us of that. Yeah, um, nowhere near it. Nowhere near is because, like I said, the original one, you know, some of that Saturday Night Live magic was still there when he was able to do that, and he completely killed it by by getting rid of the Three Stooges. Yep. Well, the thing about it, he was trying to come up with references that kids would understand. Like, that was what the deal was with this version. This was sort of weird, because this movie is, like, kind of odd, because it's, like, it's a PG-13 movie, but it is sort of aiming towards kids, which is, okay. I know that that happens, but it's still, like, alright, that's weird. Because it did win a Kid's Choice Award, like, for, like, Best Actor or something like that, so... Yeah, the the song is definitely geared more to towards kids because it mentions Jack Black and mentions some people that like if you were into two thousands you would have you were a kid. Two, two characters from Friends. Yeah, exactly. So it was more for it was more for kids. This version of the song, which is all like I said, is confusing because wait a minute, this movie's PG thirteen, which it's PG thirteen because they curse and they're shit. There's no real, like, there's some violence, but, but this should really honestly be, I would say, aside from, like, maybe the cursing, a PG movie, but whatever. It got a PG-13. It's time for intermission, boys and girls. Do you like retro shows? Did you grow up in either the 80s or the 90s? Then tune into Telecast, geekcastradio.com's newest podcast, 
Join us here on the telecast as we revisit some of your favorite shows, such as Clarissa Explains It All, Salute Your Shorts, Saved by the Bell, and much, much more, only on GeekCastRadio.com. Are you looking for a weekly dose of gaming news and retro? And check out Off the Cuff, available Fridays on GeekCast Radio Network from the producers of XRG. New name, same Yes, that's right. We have traveled to Eternia to enter Castle Grayskull. Join Optimus Solo and TF2 and Mike as they find themselves telling tales of Eternia. We cover all things He-Man in this 45-episode-long podcast. You can find us on iTunes and www.geekassradio.com. By the power of Grayskull, we all have the power. And now, back to the show. But this film was like one of the films that we always had in the store at GameStop because there were just shit tons. They made shit tons of copies of this. Like you go into Walmart to the $5 bin or the $2 bin, and there's a copy of Eight Crazy Nights. I think there's in more fact, copies of this than, than E.T. This has not been released on Blu-ray, by the way. Like, I think the original animation, uh, the original animation masters are gone. <laughs> probably. But yeah, we tried to find one just because it was like, for shits and giggles, let's just see if there's a Blu-ray version of this. No, there's no high qual. There is no HD version. <laughs> this this only is on DVD. Maybe VHS when VHS was around. So this movie, pretty bad and probably going to get forgotten. In fact, I I, I mean you can mention it and people have no fucking clue what it is. Oh well, nice attempt at a Hanukkah movie wasn't really a Hanukkah movie. Yeah, it, just mentioning the movie, you it you get a con you get a concept of what it is in your head, and whatever it is you're thinking is completely wrong because it's just not yep. that. It's generic yep. holiday movie with lots of poop jokes and okay, so, so maybe I, it is what you're thinking. <laughs> I I thought when I saw the cover, I assumed when I first saw the cover, I assumed that the that Whitey was like um, Adam Sandler's uncle. And I that assumed was, that too. Yeah, I assumed that there was going to be some kind of, and there would be some kind of, like, Jewish ritual. There would be, like, this, like, you know, remembering the faith and all that sort of thing. I thought there was going to be something like that. Uh, Something about, like, family visiting and and you have, because because it's Hanukkah, it's not just a, it's not just two to three days of them visiting. No, they're going to be there for eight days. That's why I assumed it was the kind of plot, but no, no, you have... You have dead parrots. I mean, I mean that's the thing. Yeah. It's, it's like it's such a cop out writing thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, oops, dead parrots. Oops, dead no wife. Fa- no, and you were no never fa- really no given family. a reason to to really care about the parents. I mean, what were they in? Maybe two scenes, and then like they they're killed off camera. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you don't even really know how they die. You assume car wreck because like that seems to be like the generic they died at Christmas sort of thing, but it's never really explained. Well, so this, yeah, that's the thing is is it doesn't really create any sort of emotion for you because even the way that they died is so generic. I mean, your example of the way to build emotion on a death, even if it's an off-screen, you know, lull dead death, is uh, <clears throat> one day Adam Sandler smells smells something coming from the chimney. Yes, <laughs> I had to reference that. And I was I was go that was exactly where I was going, Neil. Because Gremlins did that, and all of a sudden it hits you with, "Oh my God, that's horrible!" <laughs> and that's yep. a, that, that's the thing. By making the death compl- extremely horrible, you can offset the fact that it's a it's a cheap plot device. Yeah, but here, but but like yeah, and then they have a scene in a Chinese restaurant, which you think with when a, you with see... the worst burp ever. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. And the thing is, is that, like, when you see this scene in the trailer, you assume that this is on Christmas Day, because the stereotype of Jewish people going to, uh, you know, a Chinese restaurant on Christmas Day. But it's not. It's just a scene. He's just in a Chinese restaurant. And, and it's right at the Rob's, beginning of the movie. I mean, for it's Rob like, Snyder yeah. to give his 
Chinese influence. Racist Chinese impression. I mean, so, it happens like within two minutes of the movie starting, and it's just like, okay, this is what the movie's going to be. Adjust your expectations downward. Yeah, I mean, like, I saw that. I assumed it was Christmas Day, and then they don't, it's not Christmas Day, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why, why are we, why did you put, oh, I know why we put this in here. We put this in here for trailer fodder, so that we could put this in the trailer, and you actually thought this was about being Jewish during Hanukkah. You know, like, being Jewish during the holiday season. And the, and the funny not. thing to me is how many, how many uh, scenes they put in to the trailers, because yeah. because I think a good thirty percent of the movie you could d- discern from the trailers. <laughs> well, because they even they, because they they put they put the scene where Adam Sandler calls the one kid jelly jugs in like lots of yeah. trailers. Yeah, they 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 it definitely has a lot of trailer fodder. You can definitely tell what was meant for the trailer. Um, and then there's like stuff that you know is just filler, like when the laughing scene with the with the mayor. Uh, yeah, okay, I guess this could be funny, but it is obviously the animators are just like, let's just do some crazy shit. Because there are a lot of scenes where, like, things just happen, like like a, like a cowboy shows up and, like, fires a gun. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck? Why'd that happen? Because the um, animators were dying with the material they gave them. They, they had to do something. I mean, Adam Sandler films do generally have something crazy happen in it, but there are a lot of things I would say in this movie where it was just the animators were just like, fuck it. I think going to have fun. I think a big problem is Adam Sandler was fighting with himself on this because, and I think you can kind of sense it looking at it where he wanted to, because number one, I, 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 I get the sense at the beginning, he's like, I want to make something that's like the Hanukkah film. Just like yeah. how, you know, there is the Frosty the snowman film. I want to make the Hanukkah film. And then all of a sudden he's like, you know, but I like doing my Adam Sandler stuff too. So fuck it. But and then, and, then, and then, and then like a day later, he's like, you know, I need to have a touching story for my character. So lol, dead parents. He went to make frosty and he made Jack Frost. Which one? The horror movie? The porn, the horror, the horrible one that has, uh, what's her name in the shower and the, and the snowman comes in and the carrot is missing. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, that one. I, yes, that one. Yeah, so it, it, yeah, it just feels like he just wanted to make a normal Adam. You're right. He wanted to make a normal Adam Sandler film. Well, I he think he really was fighting with himself. I think because at the beginning he wanted to, he had great aspirations to do the Hanukkah film, and then he wanted to make an Adam Sandler film, and then like he wanted to go back to making a sentimental film. Made me not a Hanukkah film, so he added the lull dead parents thing, and now we have yeah. a mishmash of three completely different directions, where the for where two and a half of the directions died, and then and then and then Adam Sandler won. Well, and also just I like I said, I do like the mall standing in for God. That does that actually is pretty cool. But that's not if you're gonna build this as a Hanukkah movie, this isn't. That isn't really a Hanukkah movie. That's just a general holiday movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay to say, okay, you know, you're not part of a religion, but we can agree that it'd be cool if there's, like, one season out of the year where we all just say, hey, let's just chill. But that's not what this movie builds itself to be. And it actually just misses the mark. <laughs> it's almost like they they kind of hedged their bets and said, you know, let's just let's make a Hanukkah movie that's not really Hanukkah, so anyone can come see it. Exactly. That's what they. That's really what they did. They understood that, like, ch- chances of people actually like wanting to see this as a Hanukkah movie was, well, there aren't that many. There aren't that many um, Jewish people in the United States. We have to be honest about demographics. Right. So you are going to have to appeal to other demographics, and. That's sad, but there you go. But or you can be Rugrats and just say, "No, fuck you. We're going to have a Hanukkah special," which is pretty pretty awesome. And they did eventually have a Christmas special, but yeah, but you have to have one. And about the about the title of the movie, were there even it's eight crazy nights? Were there even eight days in this movie? No, no. It was like three like, days. 
Yeah, I think it's it's oh. honestly just they were wanting to refer to like again, once again, they build this as a Hanukkah movie and it's not a Hanukkah movie. Yeah, I think a big part of it is that is the beginning lyrics of the Hanukkah song. Instead yeah, of one the... day of presents, we have eight crazy nights. Right. Yep. <laughs> and then it's all downhill from there. So I guess what we can say about this is is that this is just an Adam Sandler film that just is trying to capitalize on Hanukkah, which okay. <laughs> and it I, doesn't really do that. I think the best thing we could say about this movie is that it's a technical foul. <laughs> it's a technical foul. I think the best oh, thing we could say about God. it is it's not grown ups. Oh, well, yeah, wow. and it's it's not it's not Jack and Jill, it's not Water Bo- the Water Boy, but those things are terrible too. Some high quality H two O. I would say that this is basically the beginning of Adam Sandler's decline. Well, like, let's let's look at his career after a Crazy Nights, a day with the meatball, the hot chick, as yeah. a cameo, uh, anger management. Polly Shore is Dead, the documentary. Stupidity as himself, the documentary. <laughs> 50 First Dates, which was terrible. Spanglish, which I've never seen. Longest Yard, why did they even remake a classic Burt Reynolds film? I don't even know. Um, uh, why did they remake anything? Remake yeah, what? they always remake everything. Deuce Bigelow 2. Oh my god. I think the thing is, he started picking. He started starring in movies after that point, just to just to get near lots of these hot chicks that are in them. Like, for uh, example, is is uh, Click. He he co-starred with uh, what's her name, Kate Beckinsale, and uh, yeah. Anger Management. He co-starred with Krista Allen. I think that that's why he started doing movies after it, Crazy Nights, just to say, yeah. <laughs> Be with the hot chicks. Wasn't Click like? Wasn't there like a Jetsons episode that was basically Click? There was. There was. There was. No, actually, that's a very, very old folk tale about a boy that had a ball of yarn, and every time he pulled it, time went forward. Oh, okay. And he soon found he was an old man with nothing, and not even the experiences of his family and friends and all that, and was sad and stuff. Do do like? Didn't he do like a a movie where like they're like kids or something, and they were like telling the story or something? Which one is that? Anyway, uh, Chuck and Larry, Zohan, Bedtime Stories, oh, Bedtime Stories—that's the one you're thinking of. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I'm thinking about. Yeah, I gotta say, like, God, he's also in Hotel Transylvania. That makes a fucking sense. Um, yeah, it, it just looks like he he followed the Eddie Murphy. Uh, path which is i want to be i just want to make money he I wants his like, own pluto nash i just want yeah. he was uh, also in that really like depressing movie like where the woman like instant, like drew barrymore keeps forgetting everything yes that's 51st that's, 51st days yeah. that movie yeah. has a terrible ending god that movie really bothered me that movie has a date rape the ending well it, it's it's sort of like this woman is never going to be normal. Like, she is honestly, like, and showing her a video every morning to tell her what, what's going on. When she has a kid and all this stuff, and she, it's like one day she wakes up, she's 40, but the last thing she remembers, she's 20. She has a kid and a husband and all this stuff, and she is told to watch a video every morning. Yeah, to- like, how, like, how was that going down when she was giving birth to the kid? Like, why am I giving birth? <laughs> uh, just it that Terrible. made me really just it just disturbed me because it was like like if you actually watch videos of people with this type of amnesia, it's really creepy as fuck. Because it's like, oh, the hard drive is broken. Great. <clears throat> actually, the funny thing is Dana Carvey did a much better movie about that. Dana Carvey. Yep. Uh, yeah, I know who he is. Yeah, we know who Dana Carvey is, and he he's better. Um, <laughs> he's the master of disguise. God. Turtle, better. turtle. <laughs> I of all the I, movies to reference. I don't even I know. know I, I remember that. 
though he gets a pass he's done some terrible things but he almost died so from like i think it was like a botched surgery or something like that Ooh. women men women and children is uh adam sandler's next great film oh and it has the horse in it the horse jennifer gardner ah oh. no not she's not the horse she's the man that's it because jennifer yeah. gardner is a man you yeah, the horse is that way. is that one woman from uh, from uh, Sex in the City. What's her name? Yeah, uh, Jessica Parker. What's yeah. the actress's name? Um, Isn't that the actress's name? Sarah Michelle Geller. No, that's. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I don't know. Um, but yeah, yeah, Jennifer Gardner's a man. I'm sorry. There is no there is no explanation for their shoulders. Oh my god, I'm just I'm just sad for Dana Carvey now. Oh boy, and it's written by the guy who did um J- who did Juno. That's because I just looked at Dana Carvey's filmography, and you won't believe what he had to do for work after his movie career took went down. What? Into her knee pads. He did. He did voice work for Power Rangers Ninja Storm. Oh, uh, that's okay. That's oh my god. Bad. That's not the worst you can do. Yeah, but that's after Wayne's World. <laughs> I know. It's but up, but up, he up, did. Up. He did almost die. Like the part. Part of the reason that he sort of disappeared for a while is he almost died, and like he actually had to sue because like it was that bad, and so he sued and for mal you know malpractice and got all that. But yeah, so I kind of give him a pass because I'm like he almost died. He was a funny guy. Maybe almost dying made him less funny. It's kind of like uh, what's his name? Smartass. Oh yeah, uh, Dennis uh, Miller. Yeah, Dennis yeah. Miller, the guy who cried cried all his awesome out after 9/11 and became a conservative. You know, well, he, he was always was... he was always very fiscally conservative. Everyone at yeah, SNL. But, yeah. but he was like it was a little different. It was like. More like he was fiscally conservative, um, socially liberal, and then he became conser- liber- like conservative, like socially, right after nine eleven. It's like going from Stossel to uh, O'Reilly. Yeah, and that was like overnight. And like I always wondered, like if he did it because he thought he could get better jobs, but I really honestly think he cried too much and he his brain broke. Because, like, you mention it in front of him, he starts crying. So, yeah. People can have traumatic events, and it changes them. And you can remember fondly their early days when they were awesome and just not think about what they're like now. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Adam Sandler, you were funny, like, like in Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison. But, yeah. Eight Crazy Nights. It is it is actually one of the worst things I've ever seen in animation, and I've seen Robin and the Dreamweavers. No, you've seen I, Lord I, of the Rings. I yeah, well, only ha- about twenty percent of that was animation. That's now. true. <laughs> well, anyways, I I think that uh, this wraps up our examination of this <laughs> holiday special. Let's do something better next year. <laughs> yes, next year we will... Hmm, I'm trying to think of something that's really campy but good for next year. We'll think it. We'll oh, think of something. It might not be animation, but how do you feel about uh, Santa Conquers the Martians? Ooh, Ooh. yeah. A, a uh, Mystery K classic, if I remember correctly. Are we going to watch Are we gonna watch it with the bots, or are we going to watch it cold? I will let Neil decide. Um... I don't know. We well, we have we have fifty two weeks to decide that. So yeah, that's true. We're as bad as the retail stores. We're already planning for next year. This year was a disaster. Let's start planning on next year. <laughs> nah, I enjoyed watching all these shitty specials. It reminds me of how um, how trite and cheap the holiday is, and and like all the shit that like. Kids, when you're a kid, you don't recognize a lot of stuff as shit because you're like, "Wee, it's colorful and animated and has funny voices." You know, I don't even mind the cheapness so much. I mean, a lot of those old holiday specials from the '60s and so oh, on, that, I still like them. 
No, 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 no. Those are those are all good. I'm talking yeah. about the stuff that came like like in the eighties. Oh, the nineties. Right. Yeah, they just, I'm talking they just about that sort of shit. Stopped caring about like you know, cheap animation can be good and at some point in the eighties they're like, nah, let's not even worry about the quality. Let's just go for bargain basement all around. Exactly, and that's what I'm saying is, and there is a lot of stuff from like the '60s and '70s that uh, was utter shit too, and we just don't watch it anymore because it is utter shit. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, back in the day, you could actually get really talented comedians to come on and voice your work instead of Rob Schneider. But, I mean, there well, was the other thing is there is was what's his there was what's his name that voiced the uh, Charlie in the Box and Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. What's his name? Right. The yeah. famous comedian. What's his name, Neil? Oh, it's, it wasn't uh, Edwin, was it? it? It was the same guy who was the Mad Hatter. Yeah, that's Edwin. Yeah, yeah it was Edwin. Yeah. Okay, but that was like back in the day when those people were kind of paid for other things. So they were willing to do a little bit, take a little bit of a hit just to do a kid's show. Like, And also the other thing is, is that the production values were much higher back then because it was going to be reached a bigger audience if you get down to it. Because there were only a few channels, and you were, it was, I would say the competition was a lot more heated back then, because these were all owned by different companies. Whereas if you look at cable now, really honestly, I think there's like only four media companies that represent most of cable, so they don't really have to compete, because they all have alliances with each other anyway. So you could just show something shitty. And just be like, ah, then work. Oh well, who cares? I'll just air it a few times on Lifetime, and then a few times on History. You know, to fill some space. <laughs> they've got a captive. They've got their captive audience. They get paid no matter what. And you can't ever complain about cable because they'll just they'll just uh, open up their shirt and say, oh really? Oh that's where too gonna, bad. Where are you gonna Where are you gonna go? Oh, that's too bad. Oh, tell us how that'll bum you out. Oh, yeah. I'll go to the internet. Sorry. Yeah. Fuck you, man. I was going to say, uh, the cable companies are kind of losing ground. Well, I know people just... who watch everything on the internet now. They don't have cable. Well, it's just expensive. One is expensive. And when I started seeing Pawn Stars being aired on Lifetime, it really just hit home how everything is so generic now. It's almost like that you could just take away the names of the, the channels and that you really couldn't tell the difference between them. It's, yeah. They're I all remember when, I remember when MSNBC was actually a unique channel. Like, instead of yeah. having just news program after news program, you could, you could see like uh, Time and Again with Jane Pauley, which was actually yeah. my favorite show on that network. Well, I, I just recall back when, um, when like, Headline News was just, it was just repeating the news, which freed up CNN for like longer analysis into things, <laughs> and the thing is, is that that's sort of gone now. Like you can't, like they don't want to differentiate their channels. They they have, it's just basically they they have models that just basically aim for we get this much audience, and that's really all we care about, and they'll be there no matter what. And they can just keep jacking up the price, and. What are you going to do? Gonna, you, the only other option is, like, satellite in the U.S. Now, here in Australia, we fortunately do have a lot of channels over the air. So, but even then, like, a lot of people just don't watch TV here. Why? It's just, like, they tell you what you're going to watch. When I can just go to the Internet and choose what I want to watch. Which is why I've heard that some of the cable companies are considering doing a la carte because they're so scared. Yeah. Yep. So, really to wrap this... Done a while ago. Yeah, yeah, we should wrap. Yeah, we should wrap this one up. <laughs> to, to wrap this up, to wrap this up, do not watch Eight Crazy Nights. No, ever. unless you want, unless you just want to give yourself brain damage. But you know what? That's that's why man invented alcohol. Yes, to alcohol, the cause and solution to all life's problems. So this is your host Ben with TV's Mister Neil. And Kitty Hawk of Sparkling Generation Valkyrie Yuki, where we're doing a holiday special where you decide what happens to Yuki. SGBY.com, your one-stop shop for sexy fun. And we're saying, happy holidays. Happy holidays! Bah humbug. Bah. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> My life was simply going nowhere. 
Then a tiny little man rushed to my side He should have gotten a big thank you Instead he got a porta potty ride I was such a shithead But he never quit on me Till I told him he was useless And his sister was freaky Once when we were watching Sunday football A fuzzy screen was all that we could see Whitey came over with a hanger Spent the game on top of a TV And when the lightning struck him He let out a wicked loud yell But we just turned up the volume And ignored the burning smell We should all rot in hell I went to high school with Whitey As a joke, I told him to meet me at the prom when he got there, I said, I can't believe you thought I was serious. So he ran home crying and slow danced with his mom. What a crushing blow to Whitey. I bet you wish you could take it back. How could you all be so mean to Whitey? Sound to me like you are all on crack. Huh? Tonight, Whitey was counting on the but the first time he really needed us, we weren't there. It's just not fair. Bum bitty 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 bum bum. Bum bitty 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 bum. Bum bitty 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 bum bum. I wonder if that guy ever wiped his ass with the wrong hand. Yes. See this is this is my this is my favorite. Uh, <laughs> this is a South Park clip where where they talk about the cable companies. This is hilarious to me. Oh, I've seen this. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> you don't think that's an accurate picture of how cable companies are? No, no, that really honestly is because they can do what the fuck they want. I mean, yeah. like in uh, Colombia. Our choices were for for internet for like getting TV. Our choices were either Time Warner or Direct TV. If you went with Time Warner, they literally put a wire exposed on your front lawn that went to your house. They and we we're like, so you gonna bury that or anything? They're like, no, no. We're like, okay, so what the fuck? So we're just supposed to have an exposed cable? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, can I cover it up? And they're like. I don't know, man. So what we did is the next day we took that fucking cable box back and said, you can go fuck yourself. And we got DirecTV, which, you know, is better, but still went out whenever, you know, there was like a hurricane or something. Right. So, right. A bird. No, actually, it was actually mostly like, you know, if it got really, like the rain was like, like to the point where it's flooding outside. But it, your cable is going to go out at that point anyway, so... Yep. That's why I'm really enjoying the over-the-air TV here, because it's free, and there is a lot of variety on it. So, if I do have the bug to watch TV, it's there. Also, there's a 24-hour news channel, which is all I care about. So, yeah, there you go. That I think that's a very accurate interpretation of the cable companies. But, yeah, Neil, like, I did catch your earlier South Park reference. Yes, I... I had that same time, like, I got to do this joke in the show. <laughs> yeah. Because it is true, that's that's pretty much all of Rob Snyder's roles. Rob Snyder is a carrot. 
derf, 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 derf. Rob Schneider is like the luckiest man who's ever existed that he managed to get on SNL because it's the only reason that he is. Was he was he even on long? He was on for quite a while, but he was like a featured player early on because that's all he used to do was that one character where he was like making copies. That's all he did. I don't even remember that character. Oh my god, that's how he became a star. And then after a while, they're like, "Well, I guess we got to make him like a regular, I guess." And then he, I don't remember. See, I don't. I only remember that. I don't remember any significant character. I don't remember him on on SNL at all because because in the timeline for him to be on, he would have to be around the same time as like Norm Macdonald and and Sherry O'Terry. And and the thing is, he's nothing compared to those. Uh, Tina Fey. I mean, he's nothing compared to those guys. Yeah, see. Tim Meadows. Tim Meadows is funnier than him. There was a golden age from like 86 to 91, and I think he came after that. Well, 86 86 was a terrible year. Oh, was that? Oh, God, that was the disaster season, wasn't it? Yes. That is (laughs) what I call the pastel season. Um I would say it was like 87 was also a disaster, but it was getting better. 88 is when it hit. Yeah. And then it was like to like, what, like 96? About when Phil but, Hart, when Phil Hartman left. Well, that it, Phil Hartman left uh, a little bit earlier, I thought. But there was, was like, like a five-year run where that, that cast was solid. They never, they didn't change anything until uh-huh. I think Mike Myers became a regular. And that's when, that's when they started changing the cast again. Okay, so 94, I would say, is honestly the year that it ended, because like yeah. that is actually when a lot of people left. Yeah. Um, oh, he was Tiny Elvis. Rob Schneider was Tiny Elvis. I, I actually like the... I don't remember I that. love Tiny Elvis. Tiny Elvis is one of my favorite bits. Man, that banana is huge. Sure is, Tiny E. It is. It's huge. It's just Tiny Elvis and his and his posse. And I only like it just because the idea of Tiny Elvis observes something as large, and of course his posse being full of yes-men, they're like, yeah, sure is, even though they're all normal-sized. And just because it's just, it's ridiculous. Like like I said, it doesn't hold a candle to, like, Norm MacDonald. Norm MacDonald is is so funnier than... Uh, Well, I mean, like, honestly, everyone else outclassed him on the show. And it was honestly, all his bits are made better by everyone else being better. And the only bit he really has to claim, because no one remembers Tiny Elvis, they only remember Copy Man, which is called Richard Lamer, apparently. Well, I mean... Uh, So, yeah, it's... He obviously was there, we'll put him in the background, he can just play people, and we have better people. I I, I mean, freaking Molly Shannon's funnier than... Molly Shannon! I know, I know, but that was because... And Molly Shannon was terrible! Yeah, and I think it's just, I think it honestly is because he was just he was there to just be a generic person. Because honestly, if you look at S- go watch SNL during this period, Rob Schneider's in the background all over the place. Like, so like for like office ever, shops and stuff like that. He yeah, he's often like a delivery guy or some clerk. Oh oh, oh my god, um, this, these were the Chris Farley years. Of course, yeah. that's why I don't remember him. Yeah. Yeah, because he was <clears throat> he was a background guy, and like he's not like like John Lovitz was there from like I think he showed up in like '86 or something like that. Yeah, he was and in he the was, bad season. Yeah, but he did manage to get into the good seasons. And you know, like my dad still remembers like the Tarzan, Tonto, and uh, Frankenstein yes. bits. <laughs> and like Rob Schneider doesn't have anything like that. Like John Lovitz has Mephistopheles, uh, Hanukkah Harry. Playing Tonto, um, and just being an over-the-top kind of guy. Rob Schneider, like, copy good is the only thing you can really call out. And no one likes that bit. That bit is just... And that's him, in a nutshell. Irritating. I mean, it's... I'm, I'm, I'm just remembering because it's... Because the thing is, they knew back then how to showcase their talent with their guest stars, like when they had Patrick yeah. Swayze with Chris Farley at the Chippendales thing. Oh my god, that was hilarious. I know. I know, like everything from that, or like the uh, the beer the beer commercial with Adam Sandler and Chris Farley, where it's the uh, it's the gay beer, and they're like surrounded by gay models, and and they're like so happy that that is so great, and like all the or the Gap scene, the Gap commercial, the Gap ones where like 
it's it's uh what's his name david spade and and adam sandler are like working in a gap and it's at it's at it's david spade at his best because he's being catty actually david spade used to have this skit in starting live called spade in america which was oh i talk love sh- spade in america oh. one of my favorite spade in america's was when he actually took a great pot shot at macaulay culkin back in the 90s when he <laughs> showed a picture of macaulay culkin he says oh yeah he's a cute kid and all everything right and he shows a picture of himself when he was eight and he says yep. says this is your future kid welcome to hell yep you're gonna be david spade <laughs> I like David Spade. David Spade is pretty good, but his problem is is that he really needed a talk. Sh- he needed a talk show, but for some reason, he kept pursuing being in sitcoms. Well, the big problem was also Norm Macdonald because Norm Macdonald was solid on Weekend Update. Yeah, except that Lauren, Lauren, the guy, Lauren Michaels did not like him at all because like, he kept on Lauren taking pot shots at O.J. Simpson, and and O.J. Yeah. Simpson was personal friends with a guy. Yeah, I know. And, like, I'm sorry. It's a fucking comedy show. No one is safe. Yeah. But, you know, and Norm, Norm sometimes, Norm is, like, weird in that, like, even when he doesn't hit, he can, he, he mugs enough that he can make it work. He's like, he's like Jon Stewart that way. Actually, the thing is, is Chevy Chase, who invented Weekend Update, said that yeah. Norm MacDonald is the only one that did it right after him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say like he's more in the spirit of the Chevy Chase uh, Weekend Update. And that isn't to say that I didn't enjoy Dennis Miller's time on uh, Weekend Update, which is before my time, and I watched it later when I was older, and I really, really thought that was good. I remember Kevin Nealon and Kevin Nealon was terrible. Kevin Nealon sucked. Like I, but you know what? After seeing the recent Weekend Updates. Kevin Nealon looks awesome in comparison. Yeah. Yeah, but compared to David Spade, not, not David Spade, to Norm Macdonald, it's like... No, 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 no. There's no... He holds no can... Like, I would hold up as the best ones Dennis Miller and Norm Macdonald, with Norm Macdonald a little higher. But it, it's... The, the new Weekend Update is just... <sighs> the the best part about it was was Norm Macdonald did exactly how Chevy Chase said it should be is you yeah. do it like ninety five percent deadpan, not yeah. completely deadpan. You don't you don't go all Ben Stiller on it. You you do you do sometimes do a wink and a nod to it, but you have to do it as if you are a newscaster, but you yeah. are saying these horribly offensive things like. Uh, <laughs> Like well, one I mean, thing, one thing, one thing. He like when he made the announcement uh, in the '90s about uh, Demi Moore being uh, pregnant, and said this this will make her her third child after her two massive breasts because the picture that they had on the side, you know, yeah, showcased Demi Moore's ample cleavage, and and, and the thing is, anyone watching that would immediately zoom in on that, and right. then you hear <laughs> and hear Norm Macdonald say that, it's like, how do you know I was staring? <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it's it's sort of like a normal newscaster because like um like recently they've been talking about pussy riot a lot on the news and so you see the the newscaster has to pause a minute before saying pussy riot because they're trying to hold it together because they're saying pussy riot on the air like they'll go and former, uh, for, and, uh, former member of Pussy Riot was released today. 